as far as how I came to decision to support Biden, I was I was up against Trump in the primary, and I wanted to bring attention to the fact that there are many Republicans out there that don't support President Trump and think that he's heading the country in the wrong direction. That was my guest on today's show, former 2020 Republican presidential candidate Matt Mattern of California. And he is coming out in support of Joe Biden, former Vice President Joe Biden. Today is an election day special. Uh, I want to remind everyone, no matter where you're listening to this, the most important thing you can do to exercise your right to vote is make a plan. Expect longer lines, more delays, but please have a plan. Exercise your right and vote. Enjoy today's show. and you hosted by toby jenkins a licensed marriage and family therapist serving central kentucky each week toby will bring you a show with a topic related to mental health relationships or self-improvement the name of the show paradigm comes from that moment in the therapy process when a profound shift in perspective happens for a client an epiphany sometimes accompanied by physical reaction that leads them to look at things differently and make significant steps towards improving and enriching their lives. Uh, you are listening to Paradigm Insights into Relationships and You. I'm your host, Toby Jenkins, and today I'm honored to have Matt Mattern. Matt Mattern is an entrepreneur, attorney, philanthropist, optimist, and proudly American, uh, patriot American. However, um, Matt is on the show today. He is also um, a former Republican presidential candidate. And today uh, we're going to kick off and talk about a number of items, but uh, Matt has. Um, is going to support uh, President Biden or Vice President Biden for uh, for president. So, um, so Matt, you ran on a platform of uh, opposing Donald Trump because uh, the Republican Party is not really well. They strayed far away from their principles, and your intent was to bring them back. So, uh, welcome to the show, and we'll get into all of this. But uh, let's talk. Uh, well, first, let's start off with um, your support of uh, Biden. Um, how did you come to that decision? Well, and uh, yeah, let's just get into it. Sure. Thanks, Toby, for having me on the show. And uh, it's great to be here. As far as how I came to decision to support Biden, I was I was up against Trump in the primary and I wanted to bring attention to the fact that there are many Republicans out there that don't support President Trump and think that he's heading the country in the wrong direction. And I wanted to uh, unify that group or to certainly bring some attention to that group and, and uh, hopefully increase the size of that group. And I think that uh, we were successful during that campaign to kind of uh, help 
some people come out of the woodwork to say, hey, yeah, I, I disagree with what President Trump is doing as well. And uh, I think that he's heading us in the wrong direction. So after you know, losing the nomination to President Trump, which was something obviously I expected, but mm-hmm. I, I pivoted to support uh, Joe Biden because I believe he is a moderate and I think that he will lead the country in the right direction because we need a unifying force in the country. And President Trump has been so divisive trying to divide America. We need somebody who's gonna come in and try to unify us because we're certainly stronger as a unified nation versus a divided one. Oh, for sure. You know, you bring up a couple really uh, interesting points. Um, it seems like the only, re- now, this is a little bit out of my lane, but we'll go there anyway. But it seems like the only Republicans that will come out and speak against Donald Trump are those that have left office. And a number of them early on um, left office, I would say, ahead of schedule due to the divisiveness. And uh, you, you mentioned another word that you don't hear very much anymore is moderate. Um, and so politics has become very, very polarized. And, um, you know, there are a couple other of, um, you know, it's in, you know, kind of watching the media and paying attention to politics, many people, like you said, uh, say things about Trump in private, but won't go on a record due to just how energetic and enthusiastic his supporters are politically. And so like, we're in very different parts of the country and you definitely see the enthusiasm. Uh, I'm in Kentucky. You definitely see the enthusiasm, um, especially once you get outside of some of the bigger metropolitan areas. So he's definitely fired up an enthusiasm that I haven't seen in my lifetime. And so I can see politically why it's such a conundrum for a lot of politicians just to go along. And so it's created a big problem. Yeah, that is a problem. And it it doesn't promote a healthy debate within the party or within the country to have such hyper-partisanism, because we we do better as a country to have some degree of bipartisanship on certain issues, uh, like the environment, uh, or like healthcare. Say, we had a, a fairly proud history of cooperating on the environment and uh, President Nixon was the first, you know, signed into law the EPA. He sure did. Uh, George H.W. Bush said he ran on wanting to be the environmental president in 1988. So there have been Republicans that have supported the environmental cause. And unfortunately, President Trump has completely obliterated that by mm-hmm. rolling back all these environmental regulations, pulling us out of the Paris Accords. Mm-hmm and really turning his back on the science behind climate change. Uh, I don't think he's read any of it, but he's, he's against it. I, I would agree. So, you know, um, I, I often don't hear uh, climate change and Republican in the same uh, breath. So what were some of your other uh, platform issues of your campaign? Uh, one of the other issues I had was a tax cut, which would be uh, eliminating the income tax for families that earned $100,000 or less so that it would you know, kind of reset the clock as far as how we focus the income tax. And that's actually the way it was initiated back 100 years ago. There was an exemption of $4,000, which was roughly equivalent to $100,000 in today's money. Mm. So 
the income tax was never supposed to hit working class Americans. It was supposed to hit people that are already doing reasonably well. And I think that we should go back to that first principle of rolling back the income tax for people who are earning $100,000 or less. It would give them a chance to, to gain some capital and maybe start a small business or pay off their debts. Right now, they, anytime they get any little bit of money, the government comes and swoops in and takes it. It's almost impossible for them to get ahead given the uh, tax burden that they face. Oh, yeah. So that's completely counter to the tax cuts. Was it about 18 months ago that uh, the Republicans sent through? So, right, yeah. right. It was, it, it was weighted more towards people that are wealthy. And, you know, I'm not against having people have wealth in America, but certainly the people that are billionaires don't need extra help right now. They're doing all right. Like they don't, they don't need more money. They're, they're probably going to rest easy tonight. It's the people that are having a hard time paying their rent and paying for health care and paying for their kids' tuition. Those are the families that need it most. And that's what we should be focusing on, on giving some tax relief to working families. Sure. You, know, you, you mentioned uh, in one of your initial statements that you initiated this campaign knowing that, it that you would only progress so far. And so there were other candidates also that ran in the Republican Party uh, that were also pretty much shut out. Um, the one that I remember most is Mark Sanford, because I grew up in North Carolina and he uh, famously <laughs> um, has had his trials and tribulations uh, uh, as a senator in South Carolina. Uh, Joe Walsh was another one and William Weld. And so pretty much the party, is it the case that the party just shut everyone, all the other contenders out pretty much? It certainly was difficult to crack the party faithful, for sure. I think all of us had some degree of traction with with some people that would be identified as never Trumpers or, I mean, 63% of New Hampshire primary voters in 2016 voted for a candidate other than Trump. So Trump did not win the majority of Republican support in 2016. So there were a lot of people that supported other candidates, other ideas. Unfortunately, that group has kind of forgotten the fact that they <laughs> didn't really want Trump. Uh, uh -huh. But uh, I mean, a lot of them will concede to you in private. They'll say, hey, I don't really like the guy, or I think that a lot of the things that he's doing are wrong, but they're very timid about coming out in public and saying those things. But there are a lot of people that are Republicans that are very much disagree with what President Trump is doing and saying. So you must have met a lot of people uh, in this in the process of running for president. Um, what'd you learn uh, as you got to know people in the various races that you uh, did compete in? Well, I, I think one of the heartening things was seeing American democracy in action on kind of the micro level, particularly in New Hampshire and their tradition of small meetings uh, and, and things like that it, that go back almost 400 years and that de Tocqueville wrote about in his um, book about American democracy and, and why American democracy has worked because we had a history of these small town meetings and governing our own affairs. And to me, that gives me some faith and hope for the future that 
we are capable of doing this and we have a long, rich history of doing it. Many times imperfectly, but <laughs> we have been governing ourselves um, reasonably well with some degree of improvement over time. That's, I guess that with, uh, of course, President Trump uh, in the last four years kind of turning back the clock on the improvement factor. Right, right. You know, that's an interesting point. Um, um, I've, I've, um, I've become a little bit of a history buff and kind of like you, um, we've done fairly well. It hasn't been perfect. Um, and we've grown quite a bit in terms of how to govern ourselves and um, having to wrestle with some of the truths of how ugly it's been from time to time. But we continually, as a country, uh, grow from it. And so kind of like you, um, I see the regression in, um, in a couple of classes I teach. And also, um, there's, it's been so amazing how the internet and the access to information and how information spreads has also uh, had a, a significant impact on how democracy works, how communication works, how campaigning works. And um, I don't know if we ever put the genie in a bottle, but it's definitely in terms of how we think about how democracy has worked, it's something we've got to figure out as we move forward. Um, well, we're up against our, our first commercial break. Today, my guest is Matt Matter. He is a former Republican presidential candidate, and he is supporting Joe Biden for president. We'll be right back. This is Toby Jenkins, founder of Jenkins Couples and Family Therapy and host of Paradigm, Insights into Relationships and You. Jenkins Couples and Family Therapy is a proud sponsor and supporter of Paradigm, Insights into Relationships and You. At Jenkins Couples and Family Therapy, we work with couples, families, and individuals walking with you through life's challenges and transitions. You can find out more about Jenkins Couples and Family Therapy and request an appointment through telehealth or in person at www.jenkinscft.com. Dot com or by calling 859-806-0093. And we are back. You are listening to Paradigm Insights into Relationships and You. Today, my guest is Matt Mattern. Um, and, you know, we're talking politics today. Matt is a former Republican candidate. Um, and, um, you know, tomorrow's a big day. And so, uh, you know, from a therapy standpoint, there seems to be like this psychological cliff represented by November the 3rd. Um, and I was telling Matt before he came on that um, politics is almost inescapable in therapy these days because it's it creates a certain level in, of anxiety um, for all of us um, collectively on top of uh, going through a pandemic, on top of uh, um, protests and everything else going on. So um so, Matt, you started a super PAC, uh, championing America at its best. Um, what is that super PAC and what kind of work does it do? Well, the super PAC is designed to, at this point in time, uh, distribute some ads which are kind of questioning President Trump's leadership. And how we did it was through the eyes of Mr. Rogers. So we had a Mr. Rogers <laughs> lookalike. Uh, watching an old fashioned TV in his red cardigan sweater and, and then played crib, clips of Donald Trump uh, first through the COVID crisis 
and uh, Trump denying that it ever was going to be a problem. And then having the Bob Woodward interview on February 7th, where he, he said to Bob Woodward, yeah, it's very serious. It can go through air. It's much worse than the flu. And then he comes out, you know, days later and says, it's nothing. Don't be afraid. So <laughs> he absolutely knew that this was a, a horrendous problem. And then it kind of goes through all the crazy things that he said about COVID or some of them. And it ends on, I'm not responsible. I'm not responsible. I'm not responsible. And then we clip, we cut to Mr. Rogers and he has a tear kind of coming out of his eye. Uh, <laughs> Just a single tear. Cause I imagine Mr. Robert Rogers would probably be weeping at this. That's that might be true, <laughs> but uh, we didn't, we didn't get that far. <laughs> wow. But yeah. He, we, we kind of wanted to put it up against kind of the archetypal, decent, kind person, which is kind of Mr. Rogers' place in Americana, and filter what Trump is doing through a person like that, which a person we can all agree was a good, decent person. And, and the things that Trump does just aren't. And it just offends our sense of decency in America. I mean, we, I think we are a good and decent people in so many ways. And he offends that by his conduct, his attacks on people that are just outright malicious. I mean, we've never had a president quite so shrilly attack the other, you know, people who say anything against him. And uh, that's, that's unfortunate. It is. It, it, and from time to time, it feels like um, it, well, one, from an evidence standpoint, it's unleashed that kind of uh, uh, um, lack of respect and kindness in our, in our society. I mean, you can see that from the uh, rise in hate crimes. Um, and if you happen to know people that are in these groups that he has talked about, um, I've known several people of Asian descent who have had people uh, yell at them, threaten them. I've had people of uh, Latin descent, people have yelled at them, threatened them. And it, it just seems like coming from a leadership position that has given people permission to act out because um, they're just following his example. Um, and it, it's sad. Yeah. It, I mean, it's sad. Very right. Sad. It, it, it is tragic and, and it is absolutely wrong because as a leader, he should be speaking in tones that are protective of all Americans, not just uh, some Americans, and and really trying to profit off of division, and that's really his stock and trade is fear and division. So he he loves to stoke fears, and he knows kind of how to do it, and he does it intentionally and maliciously to benefit himself rather than to benefit the country, and that's one of the most sickening parts about Donald Trump is. He's so myopic. He will mm -hmm. trade the future for the present at any point in time. Yeah. And, and that's not what a leader should be doing. No. And, you know, it's, and you bring up, uh, you know, his leadership, but um, it, it's hard not to see the failure of leaders around him not calling that out. Um, that's been probably one of the most disappointing, uh, well, other than several from my standpoint, one of the more disappointing things um, is not is just seeing kind of everyone fall in line and, and not call out. Um, and those that do stand up and call out, um, 
their consequences, which is also sad too, kind of going back to some of the things you're talking about in terms of how social media um, works these days in politics. Um, that's one of the one of the sadder stories you hear are people who do stand up and just from a social media standpoint, Trump supporters just attack, 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 attack. And it, it I think it's bred a certain level of, uh, of um, just uh, vicious, viciousness and nastiness in our culture, which um, right. we can bring back some way, somehow. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I've seen that in, in some of the stuff that we've done and, and uh, we just had somebody commenting upon our web page and saying nasty things and uh, saying we needed mental help, you know, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I, I believe that, hey, you have to have thick skin and I won't operate kind of out of fear to say, hey, I'm not going to do it because somebody's going to say something that's untoward towards me. I, I've just got to go out there and say what I need to say because he wins if if we don't speak up. So we've got to speak up. We've got to stand our ground and say, hey, what you're doing is wrong and and we disagree with it and we're going to vote you out of office. And yeah. so people have got to get off their chair and get out to the polling places or mail in their ballots, whatever method they use to get those votes out to, to beat him fair and square at the polls. Yeah, you, you bring up a good point. Um, I've, I've been uh, involved in, lo- in activism locally and I would imagine California may be a lot like where I am in Kentucky, where we only have eight locations um, in our community to vote in person. And so we've been emphasizing in a lot of different ways, make a plan, um, anticipate longer, uh, longer wait times. If you need a ride there, uh, get a ride, take someone with you. Um, but also uh, take your hand sanitizer, take your mask, be safe. Um, so uh, people are going to have to go through quite a bit to exercise their right to vote on Tuesday, November 3rd, um, for sure. Um, so for us um, in this community, I think it's a 60% reduction in physical locations to vote. Um, and I'm sure it's pretty much the same in a lot of parts of the country. So make a plan to exercise your vote. <laughs> um, just right, to stroll right. up and expect a, just to be in and out in 10 minutes. Right. It's, you know, and it's a duty and it's an honor as a citizen to to vote. And I certainly ran into people who were 50, 60 years old who had never voted. And I was kind mm-hmm. of shocked by by that because they seem like you know, good, normal people. And, uh, you know, they just felt like they were disenfranchised before it even started. They just yeah. felt like it doesn't matter. And I think we've got to let people know it does matter and your voice can be heard. And it can only be heard if you use your voice. If you sit on the sidelines, yeah, you're, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, it's one of the building blocks of our democracy. Um, so your super PAC, uh, it's mostly airing commercials. Are there other, other ways that you are getting the word out or getting the message out or doing other things with the super PAC to um, kind of bring light to some of the poor behavior and poor leadership of the of President Trump? Uh, doing a number of interviews, both on TV and radio, to get out the word to various communities have uh, been on TV or the radio in about 10 swing states thus far. Mm-hmm. And so 
trying to get out the message in those swing states. That's where we're focusing all of our advertising dollars. And we've had over a million views on Facebook and YouTube and uh, we're racking up uh, you know, more as we speak. So I think uh, it, the message has resonated and it has gotten to what we hope are the right people at the right time. Mm. So, you know, I, I've, I've, it's hard not to pay attention to the news these days, but um, I also saw, I think it might've been Arizona, there's a growing uh, group of Republicans for Biden as well. Um, are you connected or working with any other Republican groups that are supporting Biden? Um, just kind of informally with uh, the Lincoln Project as far as trying to, uh, you know, coordinate a little bit in terms of, not coordinate, maybe this is the wrong word, but uh, certainly looking at what they're doing and try to um, support the messaging that they're doing and other groups that are like them. So uh, there is there is some working together, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's unprecedented, unprecedented times. Um, and it's good to see that um, at least these groups are putting uh, country over party. Um, so I was refreshed to see that. Um, and, you know, I'd hope it'd work the other way, too, if uh, from a leadership standpoint, a behavior standpoint, um, if there were a Democratic president that was this kind of far out of our norms and uh, uh, exhibiting this kind of behavior, I, I would hope um, that those this would work in reverse as well. Um, but we're up against uh, One Minute Insight. Today, my guest is Matt Matter. He's a former candidate for uh, U.S. president. Run, he ran as a Republican. And we're talking about um, his support of Joe Biden and the many other, other different ways that he is uh, bringing to light some of the poor leadership and poor behavior of President Trump. We'll be right back. This is Toby Jenkins, host of Paradigm, Insights into Relationships in You, and this is Woman Insight. So over the past couple weeks, we've been using gratitude as a way to manage stress. However, gratitude can be very beneficial and helpful in your relationships, and it works very much the same way. So here's another seven-day challenge for you to couple this habit with something you already do, like drinking coffee in the morning, brushing your teeth, or getting in the car to go to work. I want you to think of specific relationships each time and think of three to five things that you're grateful for um, in that relationship. And these can be any significant relationship. It's especially, it's especially effective with troubled relationships you have with someone that maybe you've fallen out with. But I want you to think of three things, three to five things that you are grateful for about that relationship. And this applies to children, siblings, loved ones, friends, wherever it applies. And the more gratitude you can find to express, I bet you'll find a way to heal some of those troubled relationships. This is Toby Jenkins, host of Paradigm, Insights into Relationships and You. One of the biggest stresses that we encounter is money. Money issues strain our family life, create stress in our relationships, and can provoke serious anxiety and depression. And many don't know where to turn to get relief. That's where the Darius Norman Show comes in. 
The Darius Norman Show airs daily on WTTA-FM 101.2 from 1 to 2 p.m. Darius Norman is a certified credit and financial counselor and author of Rewriting Financial Rules. It's his objective to empower others with educational tools and services to assist them in taking control of their financial and credit issues. Tune in to The Darius Norman Show on WTTA-FM 101.2 and you can follow him on Twitter at The Darius Norman Show. Uh, we're back. You're listening to Paradigm Insights into Relationships and You. We're taking a little bit of journey into politics today, but it's all related to personal growth because you know we're all feeling a little anxious about the uh, the election coming up here and the outcome. So today my guest is Matt Mattern. He's a former Republican candidate in the 2020 race. He ran the race to challenge the uh, poor leadership of Donald Trump, and he is advocating for Vice President Biden for presidency. So, you know, people uh, hit the polls today. Um, What are the most pressing issues that you see facing uh, the United States today? Well, currently, the COVID crisis is number one because of Trump's mismanagement. And we're at a record high of COVID cases right now. And it's looking like it, it could double or triple because that's the way the COVID virus works, that it, it can exponentially increase. So if we don't take really effective measures right now, that uh, this crisis could get far worse. And we're seeing in, in certain communities that their ICU units, the intensive care are already maxed out so that they're having to ship patients to other facilities because they're beyond their capacity. Now that can work if it's isolated to a few communities, but if it, if it happens more broadly, that's a disaster scenario where we're choosing between grandpa or grandma and Mm. who's going to get the ICU (laughs) unit. That's a pretty horrendous situation to be in. So you would, uh, you would be more in, inclined to follow the scientists and uh, uh, virologists and their advice then, I assume? Yeah, I think that's, that's a, kind of a no-brainer. You would think that would be, but uh, our current president seems to have a hard time following scientific advice. And, and that's partly led us to where we're at right now because it is insistence of not wearing a mask and encouraging others not to wear a mask which is encouraging the spread of this virus, which is quite deadly. So yeah. that's problem number one. Yeah, we have I've, to get that. Yeah, we definitely have to do follow the science and do something different. You know, uh, through this pandemic, um, I've had the fortune of working with um, uh, doing some work with a couple in Germany. And so we uh, they were about a month ahead of us uh, going into mm-hmm. February and they were starting to quarantine in February. Um, and their experience is quite different. Now their culture is quite different. Their leadership is quite different. And so they opened very slowly and, uh, they started opening up in April, but this community where this couple lives in Germany, uh, the city went door to door testing people. Um, Mm -hmm. and so they had a really good grasp on who was sick and who was not. Um, and they, along with uh, France and I think Ireland or England, I can't remember which, have now are now going back into like uh, more advanced or lockdown 
they're not as severe as they were for for them back in February and March, but they're locking back down as cases go up. So, um, so it's been kind of eye opening to see compared their experience to our experience. So, you know, COVID is number one. What would you say the next uh, the next biggest issue facing the country is? Well, certainly the environmental and uh, challenges that uh, face the country as a long term threat. I, I think there's no other threat that's quite as uh, existential as that. And we need to uh, change our environmental policies to address global warming. That's a, a very important set of problems. We have to uh, confront the Chinese government. Wait, wait, as well. wait. Are, are you sure you're a Republican? Are you sure about that? <laughs> well, there's a question. But uh, we have had a long and storied history of environmental concern going back to President Lincoln had the mm -hmm. first federal parks created, uh, you know, back in California to save the redwood trees. And then we had uh, Theodore Roosevelt creating national park system. Uh, so Unfortunately, we've kind of gotten off the rails with President Trump. So, but but we have to address these problems bipartisan on a bipartisan basis to have them uh, really deal with them most effectively. Yeah, I think you'd have bipartisan support on environment for sure. Um, I'm with you. Um, I I I mean, if you just, you can just look around. <laughs> Um, especially if you've lived anywhere for a long time, um, uh, I can go back to places I grew up and there used to be water. Now there's not, not as much water. So um, you can definitely tell a difference. So the third thing you mentioned was uh, uh, policy with China. Was it trade policy with China? Well, certainly a trade, but uh, probably overall. I mean, they, they uh, are unfortunately kind of a a malicious force in the world or a malignant force in the world because of their totalitarian regime. And uh, totalitarianism is really an antithetical to our uh, way of life as uh, being, being of the belief that democratic values are, are most important. And um, they, they really are in many ways trying to take our technology and uh, use it probably against us in many ways. They're, they're trying to turn allies against us. They're, they are uh, doing things like going down to Central America and trying to buy up ports down there. So eventually they would have naval bases uh, that close to us. I, there's just so many different things that the Chinese government is doing that are that are just dangerous to uh, freedom around the world. I mean, they're trying to censor things like the NBA uh, people came out against uh, China and immediately they're threatening that uh, the NBA wouldn't get play in China or Disney or things like that. So yeah, that was the persecution of the Uyghurs, I believe. That the NBA spoke out against, right, right. Yep. So we've got we've got to confront China because, quite frankly, they are they're a dictatorship, and and dictatorships don't like freedom, so True. they stand against. Um, this may be an obvious question, but um, how are you, or what would you do um, with the uh, various countries that are meddling in our election? 
I think that we've got to take some kind of retaliatory steps against them for for um, meddling in our election because it is such an important integral part of our um, of our country. I mean, essentially, they're meddling with our sovereignty. So, in terms of specific steps, I guess trade sanctions would be one way to do it. Um, that's probably the most straightforward method or easiest thing to do. But uh, we we could we could probably uh, cut down their visitations to our country so that it would make it more difficult for them to access our country if they are trying to spy on us or if they're trying to infiltrate or uh, affect our elections adversely. Yeah. You know, the other thing I, I thought you mentioned, maybe I missed it, was, um, or maybe it's on your platform, healthcare. Um, what's your What's your view or take on healthcare? My uh, my position on healthcare is that we should encourage people to take uh, charge of their own healthcare to a certain extent, uh, such as encouraging people who say have diabetes to change their diet and exercise r- regime so that they could get off of insulin and and improve their health because currently. Uh, diabetes alone costs the economy $330 billion a year, Mm. and it's growing. And that people can affect uh, change in that way. So say if somebody changes their diet and changes their exercise regime, gets off of insulin, I say share or give them the savings that results from them not taking the medication, which would say be $500 a month and then put that money in their pocket, the long-term benefits to, to the economy and our healthcare system far exceed that $500 a month that we're giving them because most of those people end up uh, maybe on dialysis, which is costing another $80 billion a year. And then they end up losing their limbs or going blind. And it's, it's just a whole sea of problems that result from diabetes. So if we can encourage people to take better charge of themselves health-wise and then give some of the savings to them to say, hey, you know, change your diet, change your life and improve your health. Because right now we're a disease-focused method where we only treat the symptoms and we don't treat to get at the root causes. I totally agree. And, uh, you, uh, I, so we just met, so I, uh, I too have diabetes and, um, I could go on my soapbox about, uh, diabetes and how it's treated, (laughs) but that's a good concept. You know, basically rewarding people, uh, for, for making health improvements by sharing, sharing the savings. That's, uh, that's quite an, uh, that's quite an incentive, good care there. Well, we're up against commercial break. Today, my guest is Matt Matter. He is a former uh, candidate for uh, president of the Republican Party. Um, and um, um, today we're talking about his support of uh, Joe Biden and what he sees as the big issues facing America. So we'll be right back after this break. You've got mail. You've got mail. Today's listener mail comes from Rebecca. 
Rebecca writes, my sister has started paying her kids to do chores. I think she's totally wrong and can't believe she's doing this because we were not raised that way. If you start paying kids for stuff they do, they should do, where does it stop? I just see it as a bad, as bad parenting, but I can't get my sister, sister to see she's doing long-term damage to her kids, my niece and my nephew. So Matt, what would you tell Rebecca? I would tell her that uh, I was paid an allowance and that was partly to do chores. And, you know, I kind of thought it was a good thing because then it helped me deal with money and, uh, and get, get a sense of what that was like and to save it or to spend it on whatever baseball cards or gum or candy or whatever it was. And uh, I think it, it was a good lesson, kind of like having a job, you've got to do certain things, you, you know, to get paid. And so uh, I, I didn't really see it as a negative thing. So you were bribed as a kid? I, yeah, I don't know if it was bribed. It was more like, you know. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. There, was, there, wasn't, there wasn't an option called don't do the work and don't get the allowance. So I, yeah, it was a little more like indentured servitude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I had an uncle that was good for that. Um, going to his house to visit meant doing work. So, you know, you mentioned some good points that um, getting paid for doing various chores and tasks as a kid taught you responsibility, how to manage your money. Um, so, you know, for Rebecca, I don't see this as a bad, um, bad thing that your sister is paying her kids. Um, like our guest today, uh, former presidential candidate, Matt Mattern, uh, it worked for him and he ran for president. Um, but, you know, the reality is that um, as adults, we work for pay and um, and often uh, the better we work, the more we get paid. And so I don't see anything wrong with paying children, whether it be for changes in behavior, uh, putting their best effort forward. Um, it's good modeling and um, for being an, an adult. And I would add to that, uh, helping them manage what they get in terms of just not blowing it all on candy or games, but, you know, learning how to save and manage your money, uh, could actually be um, a really good benefit. So Rebecca, you got, uh, some insight from me, uh, Toby Jenkins, host of Paradigm Insight in Relationships and You, and Matt Mattern, uh, presidential candidate, uh, 2020. 2024. We'll see. Hope that helps. <laughs> this is Toby Jenkins, and I'm with my fraternity brother, Carrington Walker. We're members of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity. The most important thing you can do to make your voice heard is making a plan to vote. Brother Carrington, what should be in this plan? With only eight locations, knowing where, when, and how you're going to vote is critical. For details, Go to LexingtonKY.gov backslash vote. That's LexingtonKY.gov backslash vote. This is Toby Jenkins, host of Paradigm, Insights into Relationships and You. And what you heard was a PSA I did that's airing locally in Lexington. And so I know many of my listeners are all over the place. So the most important thing you can do, no matter where you are, is to make a plan to vote. And likely, similar to Lexington, the physical locations to vote are significantly reduced this election than previously. So please work ahead of time 
to figure out where you can exercise your right to vote. Make a plan to get there, and also you should anticipate longer wait times than usual. But please get out and vote. I'm not telling you to vote for, but exercise your right to vote. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with more Paradigm, insights into relationships and you with Toby Jenkins. positively transform schools, then let me, Joel Cotty, keynote speaker and facilitator of the professional learning, Ignite, hashtag love in schools, put deep passion, purpose, and joy back into your classrooms, hallways, and school events. Share my contact information with a principal or district leader near you. My phone number is 859-967-8510 and find me on Twitter and Facebook at Ignite Love PD. And we are back. You're listening to Paradigm Insights into Relationships and You. I'm your host, Toby Jenkins. Today, I'm taking a little bit of a sidestep into politics. Um, uh, today is election day, and record numbers of Americans are heading to the polls. And today, my guest is Matt Matter. He uh, was a candidate, uh, presidential candidate in the 2020 um, election. Um, and um, you're doing a lot of good things, by the way. I mean, you are giving voice to and calling out poor behavior and poor leadership. Um, for for one thing, but um, you've also uh, got a nonprofit organization that works with the homeless. So um, I've tried to say the name of this organization three times. So I'm going to avoid saying it by having you say it and what it is and what your organization does. <laughs> it's a Satyagraha uh, Alliance, and what it does uh, is we we work with a number of different homeless agencies here in California. Uh, one of which is a uh, safe place for youth that, that works with uh, the homeless population of people who are 12 to 25 and has been very effective at getting a lot of them housed as well as we've worked with another St. Joseph Center that also has uh, housing programs, also vocational programs to help people uh, get jobs whether they're jobs working in kitchens, in the culinary field, and they have coding programs to help people get jobs as coders and have worked with the tech companies to do that. So uh, some very good work that is being done on the ground with the homeless population here in California. We also work, work with some environmental groups trying to promote clean air and clean water here in, in the state. So uh, I'm very Are you proud sure you're a Republican? <laughs> Sorry, couldn't resist. Yeah, there's. It's a question of identity, I guess. But yeah, I, I think uh, it's unfortunate that uh, the Republican Party is strayed from what were kind of traditional values that that uh, I think 
we all kind of could rally around. Yeah. The 1964 sure. Civil Rights Act was passed with more Republican votes than Democratic votes. Mm. Not not usually trumpeted fact, but uh, there there was bipartisanship on on things like that. So I, I hope that we can regain some of that ground and and find some some path forward. But uh, yeah, so that's some of the work that that I've been doing in the nonprofit field, and and hope to continue to do more of it going forward. How, how did you uh, how did you personally get interested in working with the homeless population? Well, I, I've seen a lot of homeless people here in Los Angeles and San Francisco, California, and uh, Oakland, um, and I guess just one day coming out of a meeting, I was driving through an alley and, and there was a homeless person sitting, you know, right there in the alleyway. And I just felt like this is really tragic and, and I should do more to, to help out the cause because it's just sitting on the sidelines is just not a, a place that I should be. And mm. to feel better about myself as somebody who's a member of the community and so as, as a whole firm, and we have about 50 people, we all started to volunteer for different homelessness organizations and uh, you know, trying to help out. And now we've got a legislative agenda to uh, roll out a program to give any person who takes in a homeless person, say $1,000 a month as wow. a stipend so that say if somebody who's a, a social worker or a mental health worker had an extra bedroom, they could maybe take in somebody and they would have kind of the tools to deal with helping that person. And then they would also get some money for it, which is a good thing because a lot of people who are in those professions aren't necessarily paid a whole lot of money mm -hmm. and so benefit them. Uh, or it could be a family member who you know, there, every person who's homeless has a family at some point and, yeah. um, and maybe they could reunite with their family and, and give them some resources to help take them in. So uh, it, it may not solve the problem completely, but it would hopefully take thousands or tens of thousands of people off the streets and put them into, into homes, which would be a step forward. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but, um, I know California um, has one of the larger homeless populations um, in the country. Is that, I think that's accurate? That is accurate. Yeah. It's yeah. over a hundred thousand people and nationwide it's over half a million people. Wow. A so hundred thousand in California. Yeah. Wow. And unfortunately it's, it's kind of bred by the fact that we've, head of an economic boom out here and rents have gone up. And so it, it puts a lot of pressure on people who are living on paycheck to paycheck is mm -hmm. if they miss a few paychecks, they may be out on the street, yeah. which is, which is dangerous. Or living in their car if they can. Um, right. Yeah. That was one of the things that really struck me. Um, I, well, when we could travel, uh, we, we travel quite a bit. And the last time we were in San Francisco, um, just seeing the pockets of, uh, tent communities, um, 
same thing. We're in Hawaii, a uh, huge look like, well, it used to be a vacant lot. Now it was kind of like a tent community. Um, and so kind of like you, um, it hurts my heart to see it. Um, and people end up there for many different, many different ways. Um, so I'm, yeah. I'm so glad you're doing the work you're doing and making a difference. Um, because it needs to be done for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Fortunately, there's a lot of good people working on it. It's it's an enormous problem, and and it's easy kind of to look away a bit. But mm-hmm. we we all kind of need to dive in a little bit more and and uh, help out our our brothers and sisters who are in in dire straits. Absolutely, and um, you know there there's often a mental health angle to these two. Um, where, uh, you know, whether it be the extremes, whether it be schizophrenia, bipolar, um, a lot of those, uh, a big need for mental health, uh, as well, working with, uh, with the homeless and their, uh, networks and communities. Um, see kind of, you know, it looks a little different in this part of the country. Um, now my, my take on it and being in California, it's warm enough that people can be outside, but, um, you know, as you move east, um, you don't necessarily see homeless people out there living in their cars, Walmart parking lots, um, um, other kind of precarious situations. Then you layer on the uh, the opioid um, epidemic we're still kind of wrestling with on top of uh, the pandemic. But, um, you know, um, I'd like to pivot back to. Um, so how can people find you in like uh, in your in your super pack? They can uh, check us out. We're on the internet at championingamerica.com. So uh, take a look for us at championingamerica.com. We're also on Facebook at Championing America. So uh, check out our Facebook page um, and uh, friend us, whatever, share our videos. We have uh, three different videos uh, featuring this Mr. Rogers theme, one of them about COVID, another about Donald Trump's misogyny and mm. a, a third one, kind of his greatest hits video oh, um, wow. <laughs> featuring kind of, you know, just the barrage of horrible uh, comments that he's made during his uh, tenure in office. Yeah. But I think he's, you know, he's really turned away a lot of women by his conduct and that's i think his achilles heel as well mm-hmm. as COVID and the seniors because those two groups have just seen his lack of decency at his core so yeah. i would urge people to take a look at that share those videos with uh, family or friends and um and have them you know, take one look at, at this conduct through the eyes of Mr. Rogers and see, see what, <laughs> see what they think. See if you can generate more than one tier. <laughs> yeah. That. How about uh, Satyagraha? How can people uh, support your, uh, your, your uh, work with homeless? Well, they certainly could uh, make a donation to Satyagraha Alliance and uh, we we are a, a nonprofit and it's tax deductible donation. So uh, we would certainly encourage people to donate. And we, uh, we are supporting a lot of great organizations. Another organization we support is Food Finders, which takes 
food that would normally get thrown away mm. and redistributes redistributes it to a lot of different uh, organizations uh, helping feed poor people. So that's a great organization too. Awesome. Yeah, that's a sneaky one um, that's really been brought to light with COVID as well. Um, many people exposed to food insecurity. So, um, man, this time has flown by. Um, uh, just remind everybody, make a plan to vote. Uh, my guest today is Matt Mattern. He's a former Republican candidate for president, and he is supporting Joe Biden for president. So, um Thanks for doing this on such short notice. Um, hope the word gets out. And um, just a reminder, everybody make a plan, make your voice heard. Um, and I tried to entice Matt to say he's going to run again, but typically, you know, candidates don't do that. I, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Toby, for having me on the show. It was great. And uh, I encourage your listeners to get out there and vote and make your voice to be heard. And like Joe Biden president tomorrow. Absolutely. Uh, you've been listening to Paradigm Insights into Relationships and You. If we've helped one person a day, then our time has been well, been well worth it. We'll see you next week. Show.com. You can find archive shows and additional details about guests of the show at the show's website, www.paradigmradioshow.com. You can follow weekly one-minute insight posts on the show's Instagram and Twitter feed at Paradigm Radio Show. For archived episodes, you can find episodes wherever you subscribe to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Insights into Relationships and You is brought to you by Jenkins Professional Services and Hype Media Global. Thank you for tuning into Paradigm. Insights into Relationships and You with Toby Jenkins. Join us again.